The New York Islanders host the Florida Panthers tonight at the UBS Arena. We have a special crossover episode with Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers. We'll talk about both team seasons so far and what he has to say about the Islanders may surprise you as we break down both teams, where they're at and where they are building to. We have all that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On New York Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On New York Islanders podcast your first listen of the day. For everybody on the New York Islanders feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. I'm from pantherparkway.com and very pleased to uh, be chatting with the host of Locked On New York Islanders, Gil Martin. Gil, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Armando, how are you? I'm doing well. And for the people on the Locked On Panthers feed, um, if if the, if this is the if this is a familiar voice that you're hearing of Gil, um, Gil does host the Monday and the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, where of course you've uh, probably heard my voice uh, on that show uh, here and there. And Gil, it's 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 great to be chatting about both our teams on the not national level, um, talking um, as far as the show. So uh, let's just get right into it. Um, the New York Islanders they've had a very tough season. Um, 13 straight games on the road to start the season due to building their new arena in uh, Belmont Park. Um, splits. Um, I was looking up a lot of the splits. Uh, 5, 10, and 5 through the first uh, 20 games. Uh, points percentage of 375. Um, and But the last 55, um, their points percentage at 582, a 95-point pace in, from the last 55 games. Of course, if you're looking at the standings right now, they're a lot clo- they would have been a lot closer to... Uh, making the playoffs, but still come up a little sh- bit short about how their last 55 games have been. I mean, they were just recently eliminated on Sunday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, so my question is, um, who's been who's been the most disappointing player on the New York Islanders? And but also, despite not making the playoffs, who's been the most encouraging player on the Islanders this year? Uh, I'll take the second one first. I think the most encouraging player has been Ilya Sorokin. And, you know, this is he's been an all star in the KHL, but this is really his second NHL season. And the first year he's gotten the majority of the starts and, you know, the 927 save percentage, the 231 goals against average, the seven shutouts. uh, He has really showed that he is more than capable 
of being a number one goalie in this league. And that opens up a lot of possibilities for the New York Islanders. As far as most disappointing, unfortunately, that would be a pretty long list if you go down uh, where the Islanders are at uh, as compared to where they were expected to be. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Kyle Palmieri, who has 14 goals and 31 points in 62 games. They signed him to replace Jordan Eberle and be on that number one line. He hasn't really worked out there, and having one point every other game is not the kind of production you want from a top six forward. There are a lot of other legitimate candidates for most disappointing, but uh, I'm going to go with Palmieri as my first choice. Yeah, and Kyle Palmieri uh, traded to the New York Islanders from the New Jersey Devils in last uh, trade deadline, um, a, a move that really earned uh, Lou Lamorello the the GM of the year last year in two straight um, conference finals for the um, New York Islanders. Um, uh, the, these two teams, the Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders, they uh, faced each other just two years ago in the Stanley Cup bubble. Simeon Varlamov was outstanding, but also the defense of the New York Islanders was outstanding as well. Just looking back at those game logs prior to our recording, the Florida Panthers didn't even get up up to 30 shots on goal on Simeon Varlamov, let alone challenge him, only gave up three goals once, and that was in their, their one and only game that they won. So with Simeon Varlamov, there was rumors about him possibly being traded. I mean, there's a um, there's a seven-year age difference between Varlamov and Sorokin, so it looks like that Sorokin's going to be the guy, a, a former third-round pick um, for for the Isles, and then de- how, how he's developed into being that number one. Um, even though after this year, um, Var- Varlamov will um, will be a UFA in, a, in two years. Um, what, what's it looking like as the future for Simeon Varlamov? You know, Lou Lamorello, he's very good at keeping things close to the vest. But what he has said publicly is that he would prefer to keep Simeon Varlamov. You, look, you need two goalies in this day and age. <clears throat> it's very hard with the 82-game schedule to get away with having just one legitimate goalie. But I wonder, it makes more sense. He has a $5 million cap hit. That's a very big cap hit for even a 1B kind of a goalie, even if you don't want to call him a backup. Um, I think the Islanders could save $2, $3 million in cap space, get something back for Varlamov, bring in you know a backup goalie who they could pay two million dollars a year let's say uh to play 30 games as opposed to you know 40 that uh Varlamov is doing and fill the two needs this team really has right now and that is a puck moving defenseman and a sniper I mean this team doesn't have too many legitimate 30 plus goal scorers on their roster and you know if they could bring in that guy to team with Matthew Barzal on the top line I think you're, you're making this team that much better. Yeah, and, and just seeing um, seeing some of the, the numbers for um, the, the Islanders, um, Brock Nelson is almost at 40 goals, 34 goals. Um, Anders Lee, welcome back to the, the captain, um, Anders Lee, um, as well, um, bouncing back after an injury-riddled uh, season last year. But outside of that, it hasn't really um, been there for the New York Islanders. We, we all know this um, – this Islanders team as a defensive team, um, but just the offensive firepower these last two seasons. I, I mean, 
Um, there's only so much you can do. As much as I personally, I was rooting for the New York Islanders against the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, two straight Shocker. seasons. But um, yeah, um, just uh, when, of course, the lack of scoring and going up against someone like Andre Vasilevsky, um, it's it's going to be really hard to defeat. And it's crazy because they even got to a game seven just two years ago um, uh, as, as well. Um, but I heard you talk about on your show uh, yesterday about Mike Bossy. I listened to your episode, um, but just for a, a minute or two, um, to the Florida Panthers fans who who heard about Mike Bossy's passing, tell tell them what Mike Bossy meant to the Islanders and the dynasty years um, that was for the Islanders in the early '80s. Yeah, I mean Mike Bossy, one of the best pure goal scorers I've ever seen in the NHL, and he joined the Islanders in 1977-78. And they went from a very good team that had a sort of outside chance of winning a Stanley Cup to a team that was a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And by his second season with the team, they they would have won the President's Trophy if it existed back then, but uh, it, it hadn't come into, <clears throat> into existence just yet. But here is a guy who in 10 NHL seasons went over 50 goals nine times. And the only time he didn't top 50 goals in a season uh, he only played, you know, 63 games, I think it was, because of the bad back, and he had like 38 goals. So here's a guy who just had a very quick release, uh, a very accurate shot, and sort of took the Islanders' offense to the next level when he joined the team and ended up, you know, winning Rookie of the Year's first year Calder Trophy, won a Conn Smythe Trophy when the Islanders won one of their four cups, and uh, really just sort of solidified their offensive credentials, I guess, from that point forward. Yeah, uh, Mike Bossy, an Islanders legend, number number 22, holding onto the rafters uh, there at UBS Arena. Um, one final question before we uh, transition over to the second segment of the show. Um, how are fans receiving the new uh, UBS Arena? Um, late This late into the season for the Florida Panthers to be making their one and only visit there. Um, but how are the fans receiving uh, that new place, the new barn? Uh, the new arena has been mostly positive responses. I mean, parking has been an issue because the parking lots weren't completely finished. They were still doing some work. So there were shuttle buses. And But th those are logistical things that will be hopefully worked out over time. But the sight lines are really good. It's a noisy building, just like the old Coliseum was. And that's always uh, important. And And I think the atmosphere, you know, it's starting to take on its own atmosphere. A little winning would give it a little bit more personality and history, but that'll come in time, hopefully. Yeah, and 13 straight road games uh, to start the season as as they were um, as they were starting their season, um, getting ready for the arena to be finished. Um, we're likely going to see that same situation next year with the Arizona Coyotes as they're um, looking into um, getting into their new arena. And that's just really hard on players and um of course, next year with the schedule set up, um, the Islanders will probably be in a better position that they're not worn out from all the uh, road games that they had and and just the mental aspect of it. The players and Barry Trotz won't make those excuses, but I can make the excuse for it for them for the, for the Islanders. It, it takes a it takes a big toll on 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 a team when when you start off with that. It, it does, and and you you also have to know that like sometimes for a, a team like the Islanders, you know, you could have road games at the Rangers or at the Devils, where it's not that big of a trip. You know, you, even the Flyers is like a bus ride. 
but uh, these were not those kind of trips. We, you know, the Islanders were off to Western Canada and off to St. Louis and, you know, all these other places that were not close by. I, in fact, I think there was a Florida and Tampa Bay trip in that. Mm. Early. So, you know, they, they didn't have the one hour train ride or the, even the one hour flight to Boston or Washington. These, these were road games, you know, that mm. involved a lot of travel. Yeah, they actually saw the Florida Panthers twice um, during that during that uh, thirteen game um, um, thir- thirteen game road trip to start this season. So um, definitely, pro- we're likely going to see a different Islanders team um, this time around in their third and final matchup of the season. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where Gil, Gil is going to talk to me about um, ask me Florida Panthers related uh, questions. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and Stanley Cup playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing on on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On New York Islanders podcast. So now I'm going to give uh, Gil the floor on this edi- on this segment of this crossover edition. All right. Well, uh, first of all, Armando, I mean, your team is looking pretty darn good. 114 points already in the conversation for the president's trophy. Uh what would you say is the one biggest factor in this team's success, even considering the fact that they had to change coaches midseason? Balanced scoring. That that's really it's more than just the one line now. Um, and it's 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 funny because I mentioned in the last segment about how the Florida Panthers and this and the New York Islanders team faced off against each other, but also what comes down to where the Florida Panthers face the Islanders to now, there's so much turnover on this roster. I mean, just looking at the roster that the Florida Panthers had in in just 2018, um, excuse me, 2019, 2020, um, just a few names to list out. Henrik Borgstrom, Brian Boyle, uh, Josh Brown, Brett Connolly, Evgeny Dodonov, Eric Halla, um, Mike Hoffman, who was the leading scorer in that series. Um and I'm, I'm not going to name all of them, but like more than more than half of that has been turned over. I mean, that was Coach Q's uh, first season, of course, changing coaches, uh, GM in the second year of Coach Q's uh, tenure um, right before he was let go. Um, and just uh, creating that balanced score. I mean, Sam Reinhart, when he was originally traded to the Buffalo from the Buffalo Sabres to the Florida Panthers, he started off game one on that top line with Alexander Barkov and Carter Verhage. Within a period, he was shifted down and Anthony Duclair was back on that top line. And it's been really, uh, and Sam Reinhart hasn't really had too many uh, top six minutes uh, uh, since really. Um, here and there, spot spot times, but he's been re- now on that third line on that right wing, along with Anton Lindell and Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment was just a great find by the former GM of the Panthers, Dale Talon. But this coaching staff has been able to implement Mason Marchment's um, game um, as one of the leading uh, scores per 60 minutes of Mason Marchment. Um, so the little bit amount of ice time that Marchment gets, um, he's producing. And, of course, he had a beautiful backhand assist as he was um, drawing to the outside. Maurice Sider was covering him. He gets it to Sam Reinhardt, speeds through 
the zone as the trailer and then gets one in as well. And just it's been different contributors. Um, the fourth line just the other day was just um, um, finding ways to score as well. So it's been balanced scoring outside of Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov. It's been it's been the the Reinhardts. It's been the Bennett's. It's been the Duclairs who now has uh, more than 30 goals uh, for mm-hmm. the first time in his career after jumping from uh, different teams. And it's just been improved goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky. It's not it's not where exactly where the Florida Panthers want to be in the goaltending department, but there's a better feeling this year going into the playoffs than it is um, last season. One one guy who I always thought it was a little underrated nationally at least is Mackenzie Weger. Talk to me a little bit about his contributions to this team. Oh yeah, he's um I, I he's always uh taking the puck away and creating something going the other way and that is uh that is your top pairing defenseman um playing uh top line minutes uh seventh round pick um uh six picks away from the last pick and uh he's always creating uh, turnovers going the other way and of course Mackenzie Weger is uh has made a lot of mistakes as well um turning it over to the other team as well uh here and there but has really made up for it for for creating takeaways as well. Um, him and Anton Lindell at one point um, before Anton Lindell went down uh, for uh, for an extended period, uh, those two were two of the top three players in all of the NHL in takeaway. The only other player um, there at the time was Alec Martinez of the Vegas Golden Knights, but then he had his injury um, as well. So there was a point where they were they were both in the top three as far as takeaways and just um when when you get out when you get out um of the zone and you uh dump dump the puck as well and you're using the speed to your advantage uh get um getting uh good zone entries as well that that really creates uh for uh, a lot of uh opportunities up front no doubt about that look goaltending is always a big key in the playoffs you need a hot goalie if you're going to go on that long run sergey bobrovsky you know he's looked very good at times at times not quite as good but one thing i like looking at the numbers you know he's played 49 games he hasn't been overworked and spencer knight his numbers are almost as good as sergey bobrovsky's how do you view the goaltending situation for the Florida Panthers heading into the playoffs? And where do you think the coaching staff, do you think they'll go exclusively with Bobrovsky? Do you think they'll won't hesitate to put Knight in if they feel Bobrovsky is struggling a little bit? Where, where do you see this team going? It's Bobrovsky's net until said otherwise right now. Um, Spencer Knight has been up and down between the AHL and the NHL. Um, that's the luxury of a player being on their ELC when they're struggling. And that was um, really, that happened mostly throughout the um, December and uh, January. Um, got a few shutouts in AHL Charlotte, and then he got his uh, first shutout right before the trade deadline on the road game against Anaheim. And he's just been a lot better since uh, coming back. Um, and Bobrovsky, he was third star of the month in the month of March, too. Um, and there was, a, there was a 16-day period there where Bobrovsky missed time because he, while he was on the bench and Spencer Knight was starting in L.A., uh, Bobrovsky took a puck to the face uh, and missed about a week. And uh, Bobrovsky also missed about a week in November as well. And uh, here's the difference between those those different injuries that Bobrovsky missed a week for, um, at least, well, extended period at least. Um, Spencer Knight struggled the first time around um, in November, but then 
the second time around when Bob got hurt, uh, Spencer Knight did a lot better. So that's why that raises the question of whether Spencer Knight could be the guy or not. And at the time when the the first go round, people were wondering uh, if uh, the Panthers should trade for a goaltender. And the of course, goaltenders take a lot of time to develop. Uh, I mean, it, you see one in New York right now with uh, with Sorokin um, being drafted in the third round. And of course, with a first round pick, uh, there's a lot of expectations, but also with a big $10 million cap hit for the other goalie, there's big expectations. So there's big expectations for both goalies. And of course, with the better seasons that they're having, and also the Panthers aren't allowing too many uh, shots on goal going the other way. They're controlling the possession. And most of the time they're spending in their own offensive zone. There are times where they'll outshoot the opposition by over 15 in a period. So wow. they're, they're taking a lot of pressure off their goalies. They're blocking a lot of shots as well. They're creating transition opportunities the other way. So that they're, the defense is a lot better in front of the goalie, and the goalies are responding to, to that as well. So one last question I have for you for this segment. Uh, give me one player who is sort of flying under the radar who you think could be a key contributor toward a long playoff run for the Panthers. It has to be Sam Reinhart for me because half of his uh, half of his goals have come on the power play um, as um, and he's never scored uh, 30 goals um, um, throughout his time in Buffalo. And um, just that that guy who I've been calling a a pest in front of the in front of the net uh, for uh, Sam Reinhart. And he's just been he's just been incredible. And he's just like. And he's playing third line minutes with a rookie Anton Lindell um, and Mason Marchman. That that is the if if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, it can't just be those uh, two lines for the Panthers. It's going to be it's going to be adding that third line, having a good uh, top top nine as well uh, for the Cats. And Sam Reinhart has definitely been a good um, influence on someone like Anton Lindell, just 20 years old and. Um, Anton Lindell as well. That's an, another player. He missed 15 games and he's almost at 20 goals. He's three, three, a, a few goals away uh, from getting 20. So he's definitely uh, contributing. And another, another, and another um, honorable uh, mention as well. Um, um, Anthony Duclair as well. Um, I know it's easy to say Barkoff, Huberto, and Claude Giroux, <laughs> which Claude Giroux has 16 points in 13 games, um, only, but only uh, three of them have been uh, goals. Uh, so, but Anthony Duclair as well, um, using his speed to create opportunities. And of course, when Barkov has the puck, a lot of people like a lot of players uh, get guilty of puck watching. And then before you know it, like what happened in Sunday against Detroit, Barkov gets a cross ice pass and then um, Anthony Duclair converts on a one timer and nobody picks him up. And even um, Alexander Nadelkovic couldn't uh, draw to his left uh, fast enough. So that that's the luxury of having Barkov on, on, on your, on your same line. He makes other players better. Always a key come, especially come playoff time. Uh, before we get to the third segment, wanted to talk to you about rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for you or local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more 
for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And welcome into this final segment of this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On New York Islanders uh, podcast. Um, by the way, um, the Florida Panthers did practice today at UBS Arena, but there is no word on who the goaltender will be for the Florida Panthers um, yet. We'll find out in, during a morning skate. Um, Spencer Knight does turn 21 years old uh, at midnight um, when this <laughs> recording um, drops. George Richards of Florida Hockey Now did tweet saying he might uh, party a little bit, so he's going to assume that it's going to be Bob tomorrow. So uh, a good point by uh, George Richards uh, there on on who might or might not uh, start for the Panthers. But um, I saw that um, Simeon Varlamov uh, might be sick um, yeah. for the for the New York Islanders. So it looks like it's going to be Ilya Sorokin again for the um, Islanders, who started in the first uh, two games of this uh, season series, was pulled after the third period in the second um, go round for the Islanders. Um, but I this is a this for this segment. Uh, I was talking with Jack Bushman, the um, the host of Locked On Blackhawks, when we did our crossover, talking about the four stages of building a contender. Even though right now for the New York Islanders, they're not making the playoffs this year. I still think even though they can still get a, a more more goal scoring to help them out and to help their their defense on the other side, the Florida Panthers at one point were the opposite. They were scoring a lot of goals but not defending well. Um, I still think New York is at the third stage of building a contender. And I don't think this is a hot take at all, Gil. Um, but if the New York Islanders let Barry Trotz go after this season – they are crazy for doing it. He will be hired right off the bat by another team. And I don't and I think despite the circumstances this season, I think I think Barry Trotz's job is safe in New York. I think so too. Uh, first of all, Lou Lamorello is not about to let him go. So, I mean, uh, Lou is, is sold on Barry Trotz and understandably so. The resume speaks for itself. Stanley Cup winner. Uh, what is he, third or fourth all-time winner among coaches in the regular season. Uh, I don't blame Barry Trotz for what happened this year. You you sort of had a perfect storm with the 13-game road trip and then, to, you know, to start the season, and then you're playing uh, games where you have seven, eight, nine players out of the lineup because of COVID in November and into early December. You take away those games, as you said at the opening of the season, the Islanders are fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot. So overall, I, I think, you know, again, just a couple of tweaks here and there next year, and I think this Islander team can be right back in the hunt. And, and one of the advantages that the Islanders have come playoff time is they play a playoff style of hockey under Barry Trotz all year long. There's really not an adjustment. You know, a lot of teams, they play a more offensive style during the regular season, and then come May, they will all of a sudden want to play a different style. The Islanders play the same style all year round. It, it is a defense-first playoff style hockey. This team is built for that, and 
I think that Lou Lamorello knows the little things he needs to do to make things better. But I agree. Barry Trotz is, is pretty safe right now. Yeah. And, um, Lou Lamorello has a little bit to work with, with a lot of the defense core right now for the New York Islanders. Um, a lot of them are, are hitting a uh, UFA status. So they have a little bit of cat space to work with. Um, um, not, not, not too much. Um, some, some don't have that many. So, um, the Lou Lamorello is going to work with, uh, what he's got to see, to see, including, including, uh, 45 year olds is Dano Chara. Um, as, as far as the, as far as the, um, as far as the trade deadline, um, the New York Islanders seem to have a quiet trade trade deadline. But and it's funny because Lula Morello, um, I, I was reading an article. I'm like how he doesn't like the term buyers or sellers because it's disrespectful to other teams. And I never really actually thought about that because these players go to the rink every day. No players don't tank. That's just the truth. They don't. Players don't. So it, it's just it's just a different perspective of seeing like how team building is and how hard it is to build a contender, especially especially when you made the Eastern Conference Finals two um, two straight years and then you have one year where where it's just not working out one year. Yeah, it, it is tough when that happens, but you know it was sort of a perfect storm, and I think you have to take stock of what's on your roster and. You know, I don't think this team needs to be uh, stripped down and built back up. I think they need to be tweaked just a little bit here and there. Uh, and I think that would make a big difference coming up next year. W what about your your situation? I mean, you guys are at the pinnacle right now, one of the best teams by record in the league. First of all, how important is a long playoff run for the psyche of this team? It's it's very important. And um Eastern Conference Final is um, is the minimum for at least for my expectations. But the hard part about where the Florida Panthers are at right now is the amount of draft capital they gave up in the most recent trade deadline: a 2023 first for Ben Schrott, a 2024 first for Claude Drew, um, and of course Owen Tippett going the other way, um, Tyson Milanich going to Montreal in the in the Schrott trade. Um, but of course, getting Frank Vitrano, um, um, trading Frank Vitrano for an asset to create ammunition for another trade, um, using um, Aaron Eckblad's LTIR space to get a six-round pick out of it as as well. Um, but this is the year to do it because um, not only did you give up that much draft capital, but the players you brought in for for a long playoff run, uh, those are expiring deals. Claude, there's rumors about Claude Drew possibly going to Ottawa this offseason. Um, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Ben Sherratt. And the the thing that is clouding over the Florida Panthers if they don't win the Stanley Cup is they, they don't have that much cap space to work with, with uh, the majority of Keith Yandel's buyout being on the books next year. So that that means that this is the time to do it because of course they have a lot of they have a lot of players still under term. Carter Hagee is making one million dollars uh, this year, but next year it's going to jump up to over four um, next year. So that he's getting paid. Alexander Barkov's first year of his uh, eight year deal kicks in next year at ten million dollars. Um, Huberto will still have one more year on his contract before he gets. Um, extended so you're thinking about the cap situation there of course Sergey Bobrovsky will still be on the books for four more years after that Aaron Ekblad which um as well um three more years uh, for Aaron Ekblad but his cap hit is great 
for for what the Florida Panthers are working with. But it just really comes down to the money situation for the Panthers. If they don't win um, this year and they are making trying to make moves to create uh, cap space next year, it's going to have to come at a cost of a Brandon Montour or Patrick Hornquist and all. But I, I think they might move them anyway, even if they win, to try to run it back. But uh, but if they don't, those are those are likely going to be the the players who are going to be um, gone from this team um, next year. It's going to be interesting, and uh, I, I think you guys have a real chance, the, the Panthers, to to make that long run and maybe even win their first Stanley Cup. Yeah, and um, yeah, and definitely, and definitely, um, not a single playoff series since 1996, um, and a few playoff appearances in between. Um, their their drought um, of ten years of not making the playoffs was recently broken by the Buffalo Sabers. So that's not that's something not um, over over the um, their franchise anymore. So you got you got that you don't have that record anymore. So now can you win a playoff series? It's it's helping that they're on their way to the number one seed in the East. Their magic number right now is five to get the number one seed. They could um, they could get it as early as maybe Thursday um, mm-hmm. um, against Detroit at home. Um, so um, talk. Um, it'll be like a week left, and Andrew Burnett doesn't show any signs of slowing down. He's laser-focused. Laser he's, he's always saying the right things based on not looking at standings. He says he doesn't look at standings. Um, so he, he's just very focused on, on the task at hand and just taking it one game at a time. I mean, he's also trying to get the interim tag taken off as well. Yeah. Which I, I've tell I've said many times on this podcast that right now is not the time to right now is not the time to try to take off the interim tag or not. Let this season play out, and I believe it'll happen either way. But just let it let it ride out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, as of right now, I'd say he's deserving, but obviously the playoffs are going to be the key. Mm, absolutely, and 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 win around. If 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 he wins one round, I think he's staying. Um, but of course, the expectation is to go further and further. Yeah, so. as well it should be. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But Gil, I want to thank you so much for doing this uh, crossover with me on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Um, for my listeners, um, tell them where they can find you and your work online. Well, uh, Locked On Islanders, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. And then, of course, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gil. And for everyone on the New York Islanders feed, you can find me on Twitter at Mondoman12. Follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And you can find Locked On Panthers anywhere you listen to podcasts on Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Odyssey, and YouTube as well. So thank you so much, Gil, once again for doing this. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We will be back tomorrow. We'll have our key takeaways from this game against the Panthers and a whole lot more. I want to thank Armando for joining us today and uh, doing this crossover episode. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.